The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Wham bam, thank you, Fran. That's a hat right there, honey. <laughs> Wham bam, thank you, Fran. <laughs> also, Fran sold is a hat. Fran, Fran sold. So stupid. No one is allowed to buy that hat. What porn category or specific video erotica made you realize that you were queer? <laughs> Well, I actually was reminded about this this morning because um, I was on Twitter and Halle Berry, quote, tweeted something about the Flintstones. And I was remembering that her and Kyle MacLachlan in that movie were one of my sexual awakenings. Um, right. But yeah, that, that, feels, that feels a little close to like talking about, you know, a, like a formative <laughs> piece of media as we would in a normal episode. But I did think they were really sexy. My internet had, like, parental controls on it, so I actually couldn't access porn from my home computer because it would, like, send a little, like, alert, alert, you can't go here, whatever. But I was able to, like, you know, search on YouTube, like, boys kissing, which would lead me to basically clips of porn without the porn in it. Like what? Everything that happens before or after the porn the setup of the porn, yeah, yeah. which is like well, that's like my, fa- bad that's my favorite part. <laughs> my t- I can't watch porn unless it has a storyline. Do you watch a lot of porn now? No, not really. I watch a lot of OnlyFans. I I think that honestly, something that I'm discovering about like what turns me on is like a live component or like an intimate component of like me feeling like I know or I'm invested in like the porn actor in some way and OnlyFans makes like performers 
a lot more human and a lot more accessible and you get to see more of their everyday. And so that I think brings me closer to something that is like a turn on. I don't know if that even makes sense, but like, I also like, am very, this is like maybe TMI, but like, I love like cam boys because it's like a live thing, you know? And like, so that's so interesting. Isn't that weird? Uh, But I, I think it, I think it makes sense for you. Um, like, that you need some kind of personal investment to get off. I think that there is like a, there's an intimacy in that. And like sometimes, you know, when you like send tips or whatever and they say your name or they say whatever your screen name is. And I'm like, like that is like what I like. I like that, like do you, that intimacy. Do you also look for intimacy in your, you know, personal sex life? <laughs> like, do you need, do you need like some kind of connection with the people you're hooking up with? Or like, can you do really casual sex? I, I definitely in the last year have tried to do more like a non hookups, like people that I see once or twice and then I never see again. It's never as satisfying as when I'm, you know, have I've at least been chatting with that person for a little bit. You know, I think I, I definitely do look for, I don't even know if intimacy is the right word, but it, because that word can be very loaded in the romantic terrain, but it really is intimacy or maybe, Safety. I think, but I think you can have intimacy with someone who you only have sex with once. Like I you agree. Can, you can have really intimate sex with a complete stranger. In fact, that is like my favorite kind of interaction is something that feels really intimate, but actually has no commitment element to it. Like it doesn't, like it could, I can maybe never see this person again, but I get the intimacy still, which is kind of why I love like foreplay and I love that, that kind of build up what about you like do you I, do you I, I do you need intimacy to have sex i say that kind of facetiously I, for the versions i i certainly don't <laughs> um and i certainly do not and i i actually kind of prefer casual encounters um to use the the language of craigslist and i almost have recently started to wonder if I might fall somewhere in like the demi-romantic mm. spectrum. Mm. But I also don't know if that's like more of a byproduct of circumstance rather than something that actually is like deeply true about me. But you know, like the, obviously, uh, you know, I'm coming at this through the lens of, of uh, my life pre pandemic. And I feel like I can't use that excuse forever. Like Mm -hmm. my sexuality can't always have an asterisk on it because like we are at least somewhat back to norm, you know, quote unquote normal in the ways in which we, we can have sex. But I still think about my sexuality in terms of like my old life, um, which was like pre pandemic before I lived in Los Angeles when I mostly, my most fulfilling sexual encounters were, like, I was traveling so much and, like, I loved, um, you know, having a, having a, a port in every storm, having, you know, like, a, like, finding new lovers in every city, you know, I would, I would be traveling and would hook up with a new person every night and, like, that was so fulfilling to me, mm. just the constant newness, because I am definitely a person who it is really hard for me to be seen intimately mm-hmm. in a in a deep way i don't mean just like the the pure like aesthetics of it i think it does become difficult for me to let my 
guard down with people I'm having sex with. And I know that that can be super fulfilling. Like, actually, the last lover I had. Um, lover. <laughs> I, that word. Not lover. The last person I had sex with was someone who really challenged that mm. for me. And it led to a really amazing sexual encounter. Someone who kind of wouldn't let me have the wall up and wow. made me engage with them in a different way. But, yeah. So I, so I don't know if that's just like... Um, this thing that I've done to guard myself, I don't know if that actually works for me anymore. It certainly was at, at one point in time. Hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think something of the same thing, but in the reverse. It's like, I think that I actually required safety in my interactions with people to my detriment and actually did not have as much sex as I could have had in my early 20s because I was just too scared of being hurt or too scared of random encounters or, like, seeing someone for only one night. But, like, you actually kind of answered a question that I was going to ask, which is, like, defense mechanisms come up in everyone's bedrooms. You know what I mean? And so it makes sense that, you know, the way that we sleep with people is a byproduct of like how we've come up in the world. And I think that like everyone, everyone, everyone should like challenge their desires and their like needs, their kind of what they think their needs are in the bedroom. Um, because a lot of times we tell ourselves, and I'm honestly just talking to myself at this point because I've like thought about this so much, but I feel like I tell myself a narrative about me and what I like and what I don't like. And yeah, yeah I, I do know. too. And it's, it, it's an extension of what we were talking about last week when, when I talked about how, you know, I, I like to present as more aloof than I actually am, mm-hmm. you know, publicly. And I do definitely, I, that definitely extends to my private life too. I am very guarded I'm a cancer, you know. I'm an extremely, like, moody, emotional person, but I do have a, a very hard shell um, yes, and very soft meat yes, hiding she's underneath. she's a soft shell crab, mama, yes. Uh, um, I, this, I, you know, we're in a serious part of the convo, so I'm going to move us along to the stupid part, which is that, like, um, something else, like, in terms of, like, the narratives that we tell ourselves about sex, I am in my top era, and uh, right now, and I never saw that for myself because I love that for you. Oh my god, Phoebe! What does Phoebe say? <laughs> Phoebe sends a heart. Oh, that's so funny. Phoebe, are you also in your top era? Ah! We're all in our top eras. Well, I'm in my ace era, actually. <laughs> oh, I love an ace era too. But like, my point is like, I have kind of, even though I was a top for my first relationship, which was a year and a half long relationship. I basically rescinded to, like, being a bottom for, like, a decade. Um, Not exclusively a bottom. Like, I topped here and there. But, like, I told myself, like, my preference is bottoming, and this is what I enjoy, and this is just what's easiest. But, like, honestly, I was just picking the thing that made me the least anxious. And that's not a good enough reason to, like, pick a sexual preference. Like, I would much rather challenge myself. I think that's so cool, especially considering that you are also i think the most femme you have ever been yeah and i love i love that that like is directly correlating to you entering like a more um, i mean maybe like dominant or aggressive like 
part of your sexuality. Um, I love that you're a blouse. I love that I'm a blouse. Yes, I'm actually a blouse. And um, I, yeah, I mean, it was maybe a byproduct of, of like dating someone who was maybe more of a bottom. But like when I did top, I was like awoken. And I was like, I had no idea that I had all of this energy in me. It had been a few years since I had topped. And I was like, I love this. What have I been barring? What have I been barring myself from? You know? Um, But that I think, I actually feel like I know a lot of people. I'm wondering if you know people who, you know, were tops there for like years and years. And then one day they were like, oh my God, I'm a bottom. And I had no idea. Like, I feel like I I was kind of, I was kind of the opposite. Mm. I was like a bottom for so long and discovered really, actually, I became a top post transition, really. But, I I actually am kind of true verse. I can really go either way. It really depends on the person. I do love topping, though. I, it's so fun. And I also think it is, as someone who is very verse and has had bottom eras, top eras, I do think that there is a certain amount of hiding you can do as a bottom. Mm. I have definitely had times where I've been a bottom where I felt like sex was something that happened to me rather than something I was like a really active participant in. Um, And I do find that when I am topping, like I'm much more engaged and less able to, to be guarded, which I do think goes against what society tells us, which is that like, you know, um, the the top, the, like, aggressor in sex is the more, like, masculine, dominant, like, guarded one, the one who's, like, bringing less of their emotions and, like, uh, less vulnerability to sex. Mm. Um, Why do you think that but is? But I, I, I have found in my own experience it to be, like, very much the opposite. Like, I really like when I am the top in a sexual scenario, I feel like I'm being much more active and, like, caring for the person that I'm topping Mm. and it breaks me out of myself hmm that makes sense to me I mean when when I am bottoming I feel like I just don't want to do I feel like a a total pillow princess like I I really just want to lay there and so yeah I mean obviously these are really rudimentary like ideas of of topping and bottoming like you can be a very dominant bottom if you want to or whatever but that was not me (laughs) i was just like i'm tired and you need to make all the decisions please because it's not really about work like i'm happy to put in the work but i don't want to make decisions and that's kind of where i'm coming from now it's like interesting that you brought up like me being very femme right now and like me landing at where i am with my gender it's like I do really want to be bossed around. And I I know that's like a, a really flat way of looking at gender, but like sometimes it is really affirming for someone to come in and like tell you what to do. Um and I I I think a lot of the reasons that I attract tops is because, you know, I'm like wearing lingerie in like a lot of in like my photos or like I just, you know, have a femme vibe sometimes. Not all the time, but like depending on the photo. And so, you know, people want me to, you know, be their mommy. You know what I mean? People get really stuck on the the trappings and trimmings of things. Yeah. And they make a lot of expectations about what you're into based on how you show up in the world. And, I mean, I don't think it's about, like, mask or femme, man or woman, gender at all. I think it's really interesting that people see you in a more feminine presentation and expect you to be less assertive or dominant sexually. 
and I just like that you are like finding a version of yourself that is going to show up in the world in the sissy way (laughs) that you want to and also like fuck someone like fuck the shit out of someone yeah I think that's really cool There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this, I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter, that's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. There is a lot of code switching that has to happen sometimes. For me, like, whether I show up in the bedroom as, like, very dommy or, like, very, like, pillow princess is usually contingent on, honestly, the size of the person. Like, if I'm gonna, if I'm, like, fucking a twink, they want me to be daddy. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'll be dad. I mean, I'm never, I don't really, like, I'll reject the term daddy. But, like, that's the the vibe of what they want. And so if they need me to be that, like, sure. Like, I will, I will do that. Um, but I, I sometimes feel like it's so weird, but like, and I wish this wasn't true, but like, sometimes, you know, you have to code switch and you have to like put on a specific kind of vibe for guys to be into you. And I think sometimes the most, I think the reason I have you know, been a quote-unquote bottom for so long is in large part because I've been trying to present, like, my most feminine self and show up as that person, like, show up as myself in the bedroom. Um, And so, you know, that's, like, the role they want me to play. But, like, in in reality, it's, like, I I actually, like, if I really want to get laid, like, I do have to look like a man a lot of the times. Not to everybody, because Mm -hmm. some guys are into lingerie. Sometimes I think the best partner for me is someone who's into faggotry, into gender nonconformity, like someone who really wants to play with me. 
But I mean, not all of them. Yeah, I I do find that who I don't need to code switch for or like adjust my presentation or like feel worried about how I'm being viewed is for women. And like that is a part of my sexuality that I want to spend more time with. But certainly like in my sexual experiences with women, like I did not feel like I had to fulfill some kind of like expectation for them, which was really nice. Yeah. I think you're going to hate that I'm bringing this up, but like, I think a lot about the Euphoria special episode with Hunter Schaefer, where she's in the therapist's office, and I'm sure you've seen the screen grab everywhere, but she says something to the effect of, I've kind of built my entire girlhood based on what men want and what men desire. And that is like Mm -hmm. so embarrassing. And that hit me so hard. Like that moment of television hit me so hard because I was like, oh my God, I really have built like my mustache or like my gym routine or like my wardrobe around being attractive to men. And at the end of the day, like I want to fuck faggots and I want to fuck people that are on the gender spectrum. You know what I mean? And and I, I do think, obviously, a lot of times we say faggots, people think men. But, like, I, I mean, that's not my definition of faggot. And I, I know there's a class of women, of trans women, that identify as faggots, gender non-conforming I certainly do. That, I know, yeah. And gender non-conforming people that, you know, count themselves among faggots. And, like, I'm, a tr- I'm hot for gender nonconformity, And so that's what I want to pull in. And that was a really big shift for me in, like, my gender expression and, like, what I kind of wanted out of the world. And even though I still have to code switch, even though rather I indulge in a code switch sometimes, sometimes, you know, I just want it and that's it. But I think the best sex for me comes from when I can actually be myself. And I I think that I think about that Hunter Schaefer thing a lot. You know, I have not seen that episode and like, we (laughs) all know how I feel about euphoria, but I think coming at this from the point of view of someone who is attracted to men and women, I, in the early days of my transition, like so much of the affirmation I got was from feeling sexually desired by men specifically for the feminine way I presented. Um, But then as I started to get like further along in my transition and presenting as a woman, the thing that was more affirming for me was women seeing me as a woman and not not always in a sexual way and I I think one of the one of the things I realized very early on is especially when you're talking about trans amorous men is like that affirmation that you get from them is like so fleeting and fickle but it is really powerful and I think I'm at a point where it doesn't really matter to me as much but again like that could also be as I was talking about before just like a product of circumstances and a lie that I tell myself I don't know where I get validation from now I I don't know where I get sexual validation from I might not get it yeah I I don't feel very sexually embodied where I am now which is like really weird for me because it's something that at a different point on my timeline was extremely important and like kind of central to the way I interacted with the world. Yeah. I, I, it's so, I mean, like 
It's funny because, like, we pretend to, like, have all the answers. And I think a lot of times, especially when all this stuff gets entangled in gender, like, we tiptoe around what we actually want to say because we don't want to, you know, negate or invalidate what our gender experience has been. And we don't want to be actually totally forthcoming about it. And But, like, obviously, I mean, with this is just for me specifically, but, you know, I still have a certain kind of privilege of, like, passing as a man to some people or some people perceive me as a man and so I benefit from that sometimes but I I also feel like I just can't hold on to that like too much otherwise it's going to inform so much of like what I think I deserve you know yeah like, it's, a really, it's a really we slippery deserve, Charlie it's, it's a really slippery slope because I have similar dark thoughts where I'm sometimes miss the sex that I used to have when I was Ugh. when I was a boy. Not, not that I was ever a boy. When I was pretending to be a boy, I don't know. Maybe when I you were doing boy, boy drag. When I yeah, like I sometimes really miss gay sex. Oh god. And god. and that is a that is a really hard thing to admit to think about because there's so much baggage that comes with it, and it and I almost feel like um. You know, I'm waiting for someone to, like, come out and be like, see, see, you were, it's all fake. We were right. But I I have to, you know, own up to that because it's true. It's how I spent most of my life. Like, the the majority of my life up until now, I, most of my sexual experience was that. Um, a, A much smaller portion of my sexual experience has been having sex uh, with people who saw me as a woman. So, yeah. And that's, I feel like I'm hopefully like on that cusp of a moment where like, I feel like I don't, I shouldn't have to need sex with men that need to perceive me as a man. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, as I'm like exploring like body modification and like looking at like how I dress more and like, I I feel like my gender expression is now represented on my grinder profile or whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm reconciled to the fact that like, I won't, I will be having sex with a different pool of people now, but that's the pool of people that I want to have sex with. And even if it feels more difficult to me or anyone, like it's ultimately worth it? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I I understand because I am past a point in my life where I want to have sex with people who aren't queer and yeah. who won't get it and who don't care about all of that other stuff. I'm no longer looking for validation other than sexual from sex or, or that's at least the goal. Mm, yeah, I think so too. I, I, I would hope that's, that's true. I, if I get like a gender affirmation, it would just be like a, a lucky byproduct. I would hope, but it, it I, want, be. I want someone who's not, who's not going to care. And like, I want to have sex with someone who wants to fuck a queer body and not that's any, it. anything else. Period. That's exactly where I'm at. Like, the guys that slide into my DMs that are, like, immediately get it. Yeah, that's my zhuzh. I, like, there's this, that trade in Orlando that I talked about in the other episode. That trade is, like, he's, like, I'm gonna get you so fucking pregnant. Like, that's, like, his vibe. And that, (laughs) like, those guys, I'm, like, you see me, girl. Like, okay, let's do this. Like, uh, I would love to get you pregnant, Fran. (laughs) 
No, I, I I actually think I would like to see you get pregnant. Like, I feel like you should do like a pregnancy photo shoot like James Charles did. Why are you Just obsessed to with James Charles? You no, know, you are the one who is obsessed you with James Charles. You've brought it up every time. You've brought it up every if, time. It's one of us brings up James Charles almost every episode. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Okay, so producer Phoebe has blessed us with some really great uh, questions, trying to dig even further into um, our personal lives. So Fran, are you existentially masochistic or sadistic or both or neither? Hmm. I went to dinner with my co-organizers of Brooklyn Liberation last Friday, and we were literally just like, you know, getting pizza at some restaurant, and we got onto this topic almost immediately. I don't even know how it happened, but like, I'm a very, like, I'm an energy feeler. Um, I don't know what, like, label that is, but like, I'm someone who I'm turned on by what you're turned on by. Um... I definitely personally am into a more kind of masochistic or rather what's the different maybe the different maybe we should clarify do you do you enjoy do you enjoy receiving pain or do you enjoy giving pain I prefer receiving pain but I love to give it if you're into it I'm never going to be the one that's like I want you to feel pain but I will ask you to slap me like in the face you know what I mean yeah I do know what you mean. And I was going to say, uh, to ask you the question, what are, what's your relationship to that kind of like, 
you know, how that comes in the bedroom. I actually want to, I want to hear what you think my answer is. And then I want to give you the real answer. I think that you love pain in sex, but I think that you like to give it as much as you like to receive it. I think in maybe some of your past, like you maybe were the pain giver and you, I think from what I know about you, like you like to be the person in control of the situation. Obviously in a BDSM relationship, like both partners are meant to have control and that's, that's key to it working. But like, I think you like to give, but like, I think deep down in your heart, you would much rather just receive and not have to do any of the work. Um, wow. You, you got it like almost exactly right. Okay. Um, clarify what, what's, what's the, what's the addendum? Okay, so I, I, I think I like the aesthetic of doling out pain and punishment. The um, leather, the whips. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I do think a lot of the the pain, you're right, is about control. And there are specific things, like I'm a biter. I re- mm. like, I'm a really hard biter. Mm. Um, I love to, like, you know, give a, a fun little spanking. But, yeah, I... I think it's less about sex and more like I think me as a person, I do enjoy a level of pain. I like making things hard for myself. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I definitely am um, a physical, emotional, and spiritual masochist. And your pain threshold is very high. I feel like... Yes, I'm very good at enduring pain, both in like a a very specific localized sense and in a more um, existential way as well. I have a hard time finding partners that will like kind of incentivize that kind of pain play. Like, I feel like I usually have to ask for it. But like, I think in general, when it comes to like most people that are maybe middle have middle of the road sex lives. It's like we're too scared to ask about those things. Yeah. But if you're me, into it, you should go for it, you know, with well, consent, obviously. I think the way it shakes out for me is that I don't want to receive pain from someone who asks if they can dole it out. Mm. Like I want to be the one who asks for it. Yeah. And then on the flip side, I don't want to give pain to someone who really needs it, I want it to be something that I ask for and they offer up to me. Control. Yeah. Ooh, play yeah. Control by Janet Jackson. As Janet Jackson said, this is a song yeah. about control. I knew you were gonna, oh my God, same worm brain. Um. Well, that's amazing. I'm so glad we were able to have that conversation without invoking Fifty Shades of Grey somehow. I mean, I just We did. still could, we still could. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another one of our Pride bonus episodes. You can follow me and Fran online if you want to. Um, I'm everywhere at Rose Domu. And I'm at Fran Squishco, anywhere you want. And also follow our burner Instagram account at Like a Virgin for 2069. And send us some questions like, what secrets do you want us to dish out in the next special Pride episode of which we are releasing? every week this Pride Month. Yes, and thank you so much to our producer, Phoebe, and our whole team at iHeart. That's right. See you later, virgins.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.